This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Yak Gadget. For all your fine quality kayak fishing needs, go to yakgadget.com. Pelican cases, coolers, and lighters, go to pelican.com. And the 153 Bait Company. For all your hard, soft, plastic bait needs, go to the 153anglers.com. Now let's talk about some awesome products. It's Brian Schiller, everybody. What's up, Brian? Yay! What up? Welcome back to the final cast, my man. What's up? Not much, man. Yeah, yeah. How was your uh, tree stand uh, soiree this evening? <laughs> uh, it was pretty uneventful. Uh, saw some squirrels. No. Some birds. The 200-pound squirrels? What I call them. Yeah. When you're in the dead of the woods and you don't hear anything, and those squirrels sound like they weigh 200 pounds when they come through the the woods. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's uh, interesting. I shot a I shot a doe last Friday. Mm-hmm. Well, when this airs, it'll be two Fridays ago. You killed Bambi's mom. Yeah, I did. I did. But. Uh, <laughs> It was interesting because I saw her coming out off this creek, and uh, all of a sudden there were like two squirrels like fighting, and I saw the same two squirrels in the same spot tonight, like running back and forth, cackling, and I thought for sure they'd scare her away, and she made a beeline right for my tree, so it was pretty interesting. Heck yeah, but, yeah, man. So you got some meat coming? Some you got some processing going on? Yeah, yeah, I use a local processor here that does a really good job and make sure you get your meat back and not, you know, like the big thing with processors is, is um, 
you know, some of them will take all your trimmings, weigh how much it is, and then they'll mix it in with like 20 other people's trimmings and then grind it all up uh, where this guy does each deer individually. So, you know, you're getting your meat back, which is super nice, especially like if you have a guy that brings a deer in and maybe like it's rotten or it got gut shot or, you know, whatever, like. I mean, I've gut shot a couple deer and like never really tainted the meat as long as you clean it out really well and, um, you know, take the precautions, but not everybody does that. So, um, yeah, he does a great job. I was actually talking to the wife. Uh, we might try some, uh, new stuff that, um, he's offering this year, which is cool. Like in the past I've gotten summer sausages made, Mm -hmm. um, and I would hand them out as like Christmas gifts. I would go up to Wisconsin, get blocks of cheese, have the venison summer sausage, and then kind of give that as Christmas gifts. Well, I never really kept any for myself. Yeah. So I might do that because um, she likes summer sausage and uh, bratwurst. He makes bratwurst too. Um, and a couple other things. So to I'm me, ex- bro. Yeah. <laughs> you know me, dude. You know me. Uh, he does hot dogs too. So I could send you some, so you can make some chili dogs. I know you've been on that kick, but, uh, uh, um, yeah, I'm going to experiment this year. Cause I got, geez. So I punched one tag and I got six more. So, you know, I don't think I'll fill all of them, but if I do like, usually I try to get at least three deer, um, Mm -hmm. a year for the family. And I'll give a little bit of meat away and stuff to, like, my folks and, like, close friends, my brother, like, things like that. But um, usually if I get over that threshold, then I'll reach out to some of my friends and just be like, hey, what do you want cut-wise? Do you want, you know, snack sticks, things like that? And they'll order it up and, you know, they just pay for it. And, you know, that's a great thing about hunting is – just being able to share the fruits of nature. You know what I mean? So, so I'm going to expect some, I told you already, jalapeno cheddar, summer sausage. So we have a process. The snack sticks. Yeah. 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 No, this is summer sausage. The big one. Yeah. He does those too. He does those too. So good. Yeah. Well, he does the snack sticks as well. And I would get them all the time before. And last year I didn't just because like, I had taken a Brit, like the last time I bought deer tags was 2015. Mm-hmm. And then last year, Jay wanted to get into hunting. And like, I'm running them through all this stuff. And like, I'm like, dude, what am I doing? Like, I should just go hunt with you. Like, he does have some private land, like that uh, uh, fish and hunt club he belongs to. Yeah. So he could do that. But um, I've been hunting all public land. And uh, I really enjoy it. Like there, there's been a stigma around public land for many years, I think. Um, and now I just, I love it, man. I love it just because there's so much of it. Um, a lot in Wisconsin, um, which I've learned. And then uh, there's some really good chunks of land out on the western part of Illinois um, that me and Jay put a lot of time into last fall. Um, so, you know, Jay kind of re-sparked that, that, uh, passion, you know, last year when, 
you know, he was drilling me with questions and stuff. And I love teaching people that stuff, man. Just like fishing, you know. Yeah. But uh, I don't know, hunting special, you know, it's it's basically three, three and a half months out of the year, whereas like you can fish all year round, you know what I mean? Um, so it, it's kind of a special special thing, you know. Heck yeah, man. I'm glad to see you back out there. And that's yeah. a good intro because we brought Brian onto the final cast to talk about hunting out of the kayak. Because I know yeah. you got to do some and I know uh, Brad Holdos is into it. And so I wanted to kind of get you on to talk about what you did this year to set up the kayak or what your future plans are. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know how long. What How long is waterfowl season last for you guys? So um waterfowl season in wisconsin well i think it's all of the states and this is interesting because we just did a podcast uh on the og show with punisher waterfowl mm-hmm. and those guys are in canada in their season is like four months long i think they were mm-hmm. saying three or four and um in the states it's 60 days so like this week, oh, really? like it, so you do get an early goose season, um, and duck. Um, everybody knows what a Canadian goose is, so you get. Uh, I think it's like seven seven days. Is that early goose? And then I think it was seven seven days for early teal, and then. Um, like I do a lot of duck hunting in Wisconsin. I didn't do it in Illinois because the way that um, they offer it on public lands, like it's a lottery system and you got to draw a permit for a certain day and blah, blah, blah. Pain in the butt. Whereas Wisconsin, you go to the marsh, you show up and you go out and hunt. It yeah. doesn't matter who's there, whatever. Um, and there's a lot of them, but um, they split the state in half um, because ducks are migratory birds so like northern wisconsin opener was like that last weekend in september and then southern wisconsin opener was the first weekend in october and then we had like a full week and then it just closed monday through friday and it opens back up saturday and that's too a lot for the 60 day season Mm -hmm. um so it's kind of goofy the way like they do it but there's a reason why yeah um which obviously gives you more weekend days rather than weekdays um but um i went up with brad for the northern opener uh we shot some wood ducks and some mallards and then uh the southern opener didn't go that great for like opening morning and then uh i drove around did a bunch of scouting and we found a little little wood duck hole on uh, on a creek and shot a couple there too. So, um, yeah, it's cool. And you know, ducks. There's many different species of them, and mm-hmm. you know they migrate down in in a, in waves out of Canada. So, you know, like right now, wood ducks like warmer temperatures. Um, so we're seeing a lot of those. You are seeing some mallards around, but, you know, you'll get into gadwalls and things like that um, as the season progresses. But 
Um, you know, as far as a kayak goes, I mean, where do you want to start there? But tell me what you're uh, hunting out of and, uh, you know, let everybody know what you, what you decided to hunt out of this year. And we'll, we kind of touched on this a little bit when I had you on talking about uh your new canoe so we obviously sure. know you got a new canoe uh, yeah but what what boat did you pick and are you camoed up what are you doing so far yeah so last year um i duck hunted out of the uh new canoe pursuit this year uh definitely in the unlimited um you know new canoe's been doing um, a pretty decent sized push for kayak hunting in general whether it be waterfowl deer you know hogs down south things like that like um you know like i mentioned earlier i um you know i'm i'm hunting a lot of public land so accessing public land by water versus the road you know normally you got you know certain entrances only certain ways to get in to access that public land well if you can come in the backside and say there's other guys hunting well now they're pushing gear back towards you um or sometimes it's just a stealth approach mm -hmm. you know um you can you can be super sneaky coming in off the water versus um you know the uh you know the main access so to speak right. but um so uh new canoe actually partnered up with mossy oak this year so um new canoes always offered a duck blind and it was just a general camo pattern um but the new uh mossy oak is in uh, shadow shadow blade grass mm -hmm. i believe that's the proper terminology so i'll pull up a picture here so that's the duck blind bear um out of the box so, you know, the biggest thing when you're duck hunting is trying to conceal yourself, you know, in the marsh, whatever, you know, marsh grass, uh, on the bank of the river, whatever it may be. So that way you're kind of hidden. And, you know, there's guys that, you know, have duck boats and John boats and things like that, that they duck hunt out of. Well, those things are a lot harder to hide in that marsh grass compared mm -hmm. to a canoe. Right. a canoe or a kayak or whatever um and i believe it's i was talking about this on uh another podcast uh john graves or not john graves uh john raps podcast the rusty hook uh kayak fishing podcast mm -hmm. um i think it's yak gear makes a duck blind and i believe it's specifically for um feel freeze but i i have a feeling like you can use it on other kayaks as well um but there are a couple manufacturers that are out there that do make duck blinds for you know uh just like a one size fits all for kayaks and stuff mm -hmm. um which are great uh don't get me wrong um you can use like a, a burlap a camouflage burlap um to cover yourself up things like that um so let me i'll pull up another picture but uh you know i personally um brad hurlboss turned me on to this synthetic grass um i know it sounds goofy but um it's almost like a uh plastic 
but it looks like real grass. And uh, I use that to uh, kind of do a base layer um, on my uh, blind. Here it is here for those listening on the podcast. Sorry, guys. But, uh, you know, you kind of zip tie that stuff to those um, little loops and stuff that were on the blind mm-hmm. um, in that first picture. And uh, it kind of helps conceal you in. However, um, let me see if I got... Yeah, this one here. It's still sharing this, right? Yeah. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Um, so you can see that was one side got got done and the other side's done now. But um, one key thing you want to carry with you that I learned from Brad was a, uh, a machete. So when you're going into these marshes and you're trying to tuck your kayak in, you want to use some of the natural habitat around you too. So you uh, carry a machete with you and, you know, chop up some of the natural forage around you and kind of lay that over the top of your blind or, you know, stick it into that, you know, fake grass that you already have. And uh, it just helps, helps hide you better. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, ducks have the brain of, size of a pea but they can see all kinds of stuff man and if you stick out they are not coming in they'll flare and go the other direction and things like that so um yeah so that's that's the kayak setup you know i'm using the new canoe unlimited with the new mossy oak blind and i actually have another one uh new canoes doing a limited edition um with the Mossy Oak partnership. Um, one is shadow blade grass, which I know Brad has, has on order. I think his is supposed to be ready next week. And I have the Bottomlands edition, which is a camo pattern by Mossy Oak. So they kind of try to do the plastic blends to replicate the camo patterns, which is kind of mm-hmm. cool. So I got the, uh, the, um, not the shadow grass, the uh, Badlands pattern, um, and that's supposed to be ready next week as well. So I'll have two two unlimiteds. Um, one I'd want to keep kind of set up for fishing, and that's the one I kind of have dressed up in those photos. But yeah. the uh, limited edition will be like the strictly hunting kayak or, you know, buddy kayak to go out fishing, you know, things like that. But, um, um, you know, it's it'll it'll be nice to have both. So I have duck blinds for each one. So like Jay right now, right? I just got off the phone with him. He's moving to Tennessee this weekend. He's going down there to drop a bunch of stuff off at his new house. And some of those things are his kayaks. So he's like, man, I'm not going to be able to duck hunt. And I was like, well, if I get that other boat early enough, like, you know, I'll have a spare boat, dude. Come on, duck hunt. You know, so again, it's that, you know, teaching people, people how to hunt, man. I love, I love doing that because, 
you know, I didn't get into hunting till like my late twenties. And, uh, I had a mentor that took me under his wing, a good friend of mine, Scott Purs, you know, taught me a lot about walleye fishing and just fishing in general, ice fishing. Um, and you know, he was deer hunting some property that, uh, my parents were living on and, you know, he had asked me about it. Um, and I'm like, I'm sure my folks wouldn't mind, you know, he's just mm-hmm. bow hunting, you know? And then I was like, man, I've always like had an interest for that, like shot bows and stuff as a kid and like boy scouts and shit like that. But, um, he took me under his wing. I bought a cheap used bow off of Craigslist, shot it a bunch, you know, told me what to, you know, look for, aim for, how to track a deer after you shot it, things like that. Like my, my, my first deer I shot, like, this is a great story and a great learning experience. Like, um, it was my first ever sit in the tree stand and I had four does come in behind me. And at the time I was in like a two man ladder stand that I had bought and, uh, I had shot the one and Scott's like, you know, he heard him crash to the woods cause he was on the other side of the woods about, I don't know, 150 yards away or something. And, uh, he came over to my tree after it got dark and he's like, what'd you shoot? I was like a doe. And he's like, where'd you shoot it? And I'm like, I don't know, center of the body, like, you know, and, um, I ended up gut shot in that deer and, you know, a big saying in hunting is when in doubt back out. And we started to track it and the blood was just not looking like it was, you know, through the vitals. So, you know, we backed out. I didn't sleep all night cause I was worried that I just like botched this deer on my first sit and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Next morning we go back and we found it 30 yards from where we had left off. And, you know, she had uh, passed away over the evening. Um, found it no coyotes got to it which was great but you know it was one of those things like you got to pay attention to where that arrow smacks your deer things like that like i just experienced that this past friday um when i shot that doe like it was getting to the end of shooting light i had shot the deer but as soon as i hit her she took off running and she was quartering away from me so basically that means she was facing away from me slightly slightly angled Mm -hmm. and i knew i hit her i just wasn't sure where but the way that she was angled away that arrow you know you kind of aim for the center of the body because it's going to go forward into the body cavity and you know hit lungs heart things like that so um jay was actually coming out to my house this past weekend to to go out deer hunting and uh i came back home picked him up we went back up there we had tracked blood tracked blood and then like kind of lost it and mind you we're in the middle of like the forest at like 10 o'clock at night super hard to track it like the blood trail wasn't super great because i had hit her up high mm-hmm. so like in in the arrow had lodged in her like we had found the arrow that night and it was good blood um definitely hit lungs because there was bubbles in the blood things like that so um 
when you do that, like the the chest cavity's got to fill up full of blood before it starts pouring out. So it's kind of hard to track a deer, you know, that way because there isn't a ton of blood coming out till that fills up. So, you know, I was like, you know what, dude, like we just need to back out of here. We'll go back to my house. We'll go hunt in the morning. We'll come back. You know, we'll hunt for maybe like an hour, hour and a half because it was going to be cool overnight. Mm-hmm. And then we'll come back here and it's sure as I'll get out. Like we're walking in the woods, Jay's like blood right here. We found that deer in 10 minutes, you know, and we probably walked past it three times that night. Um, <laughs> not knowing it, but that's the thing, you know, like when in doubt back out, sorry, I know I went down like a, a rabbit hole with that, but, um, you know, getting back to, uh, you know, the kayak hunting, like it's just super unique. Like if you've never waterfowl hunted, like waterfowl is something I've always wanted to do. And, uh, Brad Hurlboss, again, like, I think the biggest thing you could probably take away from this episode is if you want to get out there and hunt, get out there and hunt. Like, find somebody that can be a great mentor to you and teach you the right things, and you'll have the time of your life. And then you'll start going out there, doing it yourself, and all those good things. Well, waterfowl, like, never knew anybody that waterfowl hunted. Uh you know, I've been friends with Brad and he had invited me up last, uh, summer. He was like, yeah, dude, you should come up duck hunting. I was like, hell yeah. I've always wanted to do that. Like heard it's a great yeah. time, you know? Um, <clears throat> and that's the thing too, like duck hunting versus deer hunting is completely different. Like duck mm-hmm. hunting, you could hunt with your buddies. You can talk, um, you know, we always make the letter Kenny reference. We could smoke some darts, you know, and, uh, you know, just have a good old time. It's, it's really fun. And it's, it's a style of hunting you could do with, with friends and, you know, conversate and hang out while you're waiting for these birds to come in. Um, whereas deer hunting is kind of solitude. Like, you know, yeah, I've, I've gone out in the field with Jay to like first couple of times, like, hunting public land, show him what he's looking for, things like that. You know, there's a whole strategy that I have on hunting public land. So, you know, yeah, you could do a little bit of that, but, you know, deer are very weary from scent and sound. So, like, if you're talking like we're talking, a deer ain't coming anywhere near you, you know. Um, You're whispering most of the time, just being super quiet. So, I mean, I really like deer hunting because you get it, it's solitude, man. You can kind of grab your thoughts, be by yourself, you know, out in out in the woods, and it's you know very peaceful. Um, whereas duck hunting, man, is just a blast, you know. Like mm-hmm. Brad, Brad brings his dog along with too. Sometimes she'll retrieve the birds, and you know, we're just sitting there, you know, BSing the whole time while we're waiting for birds to come in, but. Um, you know, that's the unique thing, but on the flip side of that, because you're hunting out of a kayak, you can also go out solo. Um, you know, all of our kayaks, super stable, you know, whether you're in a new canoe, a Jackson, a Bonafide, a feel free, whatever, like they have very stable models. And a lot of these duck blinds have little trap doors built in for dogs. So (laughs) You know, if you got a retriever, your dog could be in the back of the boat, hop out, 
go retrieve your birds and come back. Or if you don't, it's so easy to uncover yourself out of the marsh, paddle out, get your birds. Or if it's super shallow, hop out of your kayak, walk out, grab your birds, jump back in the kayak. Whereas like going back to what I was talking about before with like a duck boat or a john boat or something like that. Now you're having to uncover that big boat, get out to the birds and get back and covered up in a timely fashion before the next flock comes in, you know, which could be a pain in the butt. Like I've experienced that with Brad. He's got a duck boat and, you know, we ran into an instance where, you know, he winged a bird and we had buried his boat back up in the marsh and we were hunting off land and the bird like was upside down in the water. And then all of a sudden like flopped up and started swimming away. So we ended up losing that bird and that's like the most horrible feeling, you know, like whether or not it was a lethal shot or if it was just an injury shot and she'll recuperate, like you don't know, but you know, as a hunter, like I know we get frowned upon because like people think we're killers and things like that, but that's the last thing we want to do, you know, but it does happen. Like it's, you are the killer shiller. Yeah, I know, but um, it, says it, it right does there. happen. It does happen. Now, if we were in kayaks, might not have happened because we would have been able to get that thing out and could float it in the six inches of water that Brad was struggling in to get his uh, his duck boat out of to get to that bird before it yeah. got away. So, you know, there's there's definitely pros and cons. You know what I mean? Like now you're paddling across a march. Brad uses a mud motor on his new canoe and that thing can rip through three inches of water and mud and grass and whatever. Um, I know you guys just recently did an episode with Newport on Newport vessels. I got one of those coming. So um, I've been talking with Romel uh, who works for Newport and he's saying a lot of guys are, having no issues going through lily pads and stuff like that. So he's like, dude, you should have no problem ripping through marsh grass. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see, like looking forward to testing that out. Um, but, um, you know, for waterfowl, that's, you know, a couple things, like a couple things you should definitely have is like a leash for your gun. That way, if it falls out of your kayak, like you can retrieve it and you're not going swimming in the, end of November, beginning of December, looking for your shotgun at the bottom of a marsh. Um, good pair of insulated waders when it's in those later months and the air temps and the water temps are super cold, like dry suit under those waders. Um, it's a, you know what, dude? I think you have a new business adventure. Camo dry suits. Dry suits, yeah. <clears throat> we should talk to NRS about that. Yeah. Get her a cut, you know, get them hooked up with mossy oak. Because, I mean, a lot of times when you're they're making those, they're like high vis, you know, yeah, they're yeah, uh, yeah. they got reflective, and sure, it's not really a bad idea because that would be much well, safer. Typically, like you're going to still have waders on, right? Because those, you know, they got the built in boots and things like that. I do use wading boots and stocking foot uh, neoprene waders um, for the colder months. And then you're going to have a hunting jacket on over the top of that, too. So, I mean, it still gets covered up. Yeah. Um, but 
Yeah, that would be nice. Like an insulated dry suit camouflaged. Yeah. That's what we need. That's what we need. It'd be like $1,500. Dry suit. And then you start putting the patterns on it and insulated it, dude. Like, it'd be so expensive. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, seven, eight hundred dollars for like a decent, you know, you could get some of the decent ones a little bit cheaper, but you know, you're looking around that that price point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Imagine you start slapping name brands like Mossy Oak on it, Gore Tex, and Insulate. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, and that's that's the thing too, right? Like you can get into it like totally cheap, like like I mentioned earlier. Get some camouflage burlap, yeah, which is dirt cheap. You some can get it like spray cans, yeah, Cabela's Bass Pro. You know, if you got a bright colored boat, just make sure it overlaps your boat. So you're, you know, like if you got like a a green boat, it's like a lime green boat. It's not sticking out or like like a red line bonafide. Like you want to you know, cover that up. But, um, it, and like I said, bring a machete, chop down some of the natural forage around you and lay that over your kayak, lay that over you. I mean, you're going to be wearing camouflage and stuff. You can go get a half dozen to a dozen decoys, you you know, your face with, with, uh, haven't yet. I haven't yet. I usually use a wear a face mask, but, uh, um, I've thought about the war paint um, just to be silly, but uh, you know, you can do that for sure. But uh, (laughs) you can get half dozen to a dozen decoys with weights and everything for a hundred bucks or less, you know, like, um, and then obviously like shotgun, you can use whatever, like, that's the thing. Like me and Brad have been talking cause I'm like, dude, like I use a Remington 870 pump shotgun Yeah, and Brad's like, dude, try to that. Yeah. He's like, dude, you cycle that thing like a beast. And I'm like, that's the thing, man. Like, I've been thinking, like, man, I should get a semi-auto, like, shotgun for duck hunting, you know? Um, But at the same time, like, I can get three shots off in not the same time frame as him, but almost, you know? Like, you know, I've shot at birds that I've missed the first and second shot and got them on the third. Like, you know, so what's the point? You know, it's like... Like you said, that Remington 870 I use for uh, waterfowl. I use it for pheasants. Uh, I've used it for uh, woodcock, dove. Like, it's a great all-around shotgun. And I bought that thing years ago for, like, 250 bucks used or something, 300 maybe. Um, so, you know, just get a, get a nice used shotgun. If you don't want to spend the money on a new one, you don't need the fanciest shotgun out there. Um, read your local regs, like hunting regulations, and you know get the proper licenses and stuff like that. Like I had a, a conversation ago with uh, Matt Gibson, and he's like, "Dude, I've shot just as many ducks over a half dozen decoys, not calling, sitting in my kayak, as I have." hunting out of a duck boat with like eight dozen decoys out. Like, you know, you just gotta, you know, do your scouting. Like that's the biggest thing with anything hunting, right? Like I talked about this on, uh, I think it was mindset podcast with Chris. Cause he was talking to me about like the transition from 
fishing to hunting and like how my mind works and blah, 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 blah. So hunting and fishing are real similar, you know, fishing, we go out pre-fishing, you know, we're, we're scouting new water, looking for fish, things like that. It's the same thing in hunting. Like, like I said, that opening morning for Southern opener, uh, we hunted the Wisconsin river, saw a few birds flying, but nothing in range. Talked to a couple guys at the boat ramp and they're like, man, this has been like the worst opener for us ever. So on my way home, I stopped at a bunch of public land spots that I had marked on my Onyx app and scouted them out. And I found this little wood duck hole that ducks were flying in and out of. Went there that night and uh, Brad ended up coming down and meet me. And I shot two birds and Brad missed four birds. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, it, it was what it was. Brad was having a bad day. Let's just say that. But um, um, I tried to give him as many opportunities as I could. And then finally I was just like, no, it's my turn. But yeah. uh, um, it was what it was. But, um, you know, that's the biggest thing. You got to do your homework. It's the same thing with deer hunting. Like I've been scouting probably 12 to 15 different pieces of public land right now in Wisconsin. And this weekend I'm focusing on the – public land in Illinois, uh, because Jay and I and, uh, the, the Godfather are, uh, deer hunting during the rut out there. And, um, you know, you got to put in your homework if you want to be successful and you want to harvest animals, like that's what you got to do. Um, you know, and I know Brad does the same thing all year long. He's watching waterfowl holes, seeing what's going in, what's going out, you know, he's a big upland bird hunter as well so he's going out checking those areas like this year because we've had such a drought like some of the woodcock areas that we hunt um are like super dried out so they might not hold woodcock um Mm -hmm. so you know we've been looking and talking about some other spots for that but um you know that's the thing it's it's the same as pre-fishing um you just got to do your homework. I look at maps like every freaking day, like, and analyze them. Like, where do I think the deer is going to move? Where do I think they're coming from? Same thing with waterfowl. Like I like hunting those small little creeks and, you know, marsh pockets and stuff like that. Well, what big lakes are around? Are there farm fields around that they could go feed in and then like stop at this spot before they go to their big water roost spot? Like, Things like that, there's a lot that goes into it. And, you know, you got to think like the animal and put in your homework, do your research and start to try pattern and, you know, these birds or or deer. Um, You know, obviously today's technology, you got trail cameras. So um, I just bought my first trail camera in a long time. I don't even know if I have my old one, Um, but nowadays they have cellular connections on them yeah and you know when a picture is taken it gets sent right to your phone so um you know that could be super helpful like the trail camera i just picked up it's by spy point 100 bucks cellular connection you get 500 free photos a month i think it is and if you want to up that it's like 
you can get unlimited photos for like 15 bucks a month, I think it is. So if you're in a high concentrated area or you have other wildlife going by, you know, like coyotes, raccoons, uh, trash skunks, pandas, rabbits, dude, <laughs> epic, epic trash panda story for you, dude. Uh, did Monday night after work, I was in the woods on the edge of a cornfield and, uh, it just stopped raining. There was this big puddle. Saw a little baby raccoon come out and take a bath in the puddle before he proceeded to walk into the cornfield. It's the coolest thing to watch. And that's the thing too, right? Like people think that some people out there think that hunting's all about just killing things, right? Like that's a tiny little fraction of the puzzle. Like going back to what I was talking about earlier, like sitting in a tree stand, just enjoying nature, like watching the woods come alive in the morning and go to sleep at night. And, you know, those night creatures come out like a raccoon, mm -hmm. like so cool to watch that little thing come out, dude. It was cute as a button. I know it's your like long distance cousin, but like <laughs> came out and just like, you know, jumped in the puddle a little bit, was playing around, came out, shook off like a dog and then just kind of Stroll the way into the cornfield to get going food, on a date. You know? he yeah, like, he was, well, dude. Yeah, he's fresh, getting all freshed clean. up. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing, dude. Like, especially in fall, like, you start to see some birds that you don't normally see, like, in the yeah. woods, like cardinals, blue jays. Uh, you can ask Jay. I'm cursed by the woodpecker. No matter where I sit in any block of woods, whether it be Wisconsin, Illinois, wherever. There's always a woodpecker, woodpecker, like two or three trees away, just knocking away. And like, dude, it <laughs> just frustrates the hell out of me. But, uh, you know, that's the thing, man, like just getting outdoors and enjoying it. You know, it's just, it's the same thing with us kayak fishing, you know, like just being out on the water, catching the fish is the bonus, right? Like yeah. being out on the water, you know, just, just being out in nature, dude, like, and I know like some people are going to be like, oh, Schiller's a tree hugger, but it, dude, it's not necessarily that. Like if you've never experienced it, you have to experience it at least once in your life, you know, whether you go and shoot an animal or not. Like mm -hmm. I will like bet anybody like go sit in the woods one night in an area that holds wildlife and just sit up against a tree wearing some camouflage and just watch what happens, dude. It's it's kind of gnarly. It's cool. Or yeah. get out there at dark and watch it as the sun comes up. Like, it'll be super quiet. And all of a sudden, you think, see the world come to life. And it, it's, it's a unique experience, man. Yeah. But, uh, you know, other than, like, waterfall hunting, like, I do use the kayak for deer hunting as well. So, like, this spot I'm currently focused on, like, you can come in off the creek and there's actually kayak launches. A lot of people wreck paddle this creek um, and there's hunting uh, public hunting land on both sides of it. So I may come in the backside to access that stuff, to get into bow hunt um, during rifle season in Wisconsin. I'm going to access some land that nobody really goes to um, where deer should get pushed to. Um, because everybody comes in off foot. Nobody goes in off the water. So I can go launch a kayak early in the morning, uh, motor over or paddle over to the spot I'm talking about. And there's entrances on both sides of this from land 
and it should theoretically push the deer right to me. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to utilize that this year as well. Um, you know, I know Brad, uh, utilizes his kayak to get to some upland bird spots. You know, when he chases grouse up North, like he'll use a canoe if he's with a buddy or a kayak, if he's solo and he'll get back into some thick stuff that holds birds that you can't get to from land access. You gotta, it's only water access. So, you know, you can utilize that stuff. Um, I know new canoe has some track mount, uh, gun holders and bow holders. So if you're in another kayak, it's just a track mount system. Um, that's a great accessory to have. I got it on my kayak and I got a spare set to go on the new kayak as well. Um, you know, you put your shotgun right in this rest and there's a strap that goes over it. So it secures it in. And then same thing for, for bow, your bow just drops right into it. You strap it in. Um, you know, if you really want to like pick out some really cool stuff for, uh, kayak access deer hunting, um, check out Parker McDonald. Uh, he's got a YouTube channel called Southern ground hunting. Um, he does that a ton down in Tennessee and, uh, I think it's Alabama or Georgia. Um, he utilizes his kayak for all types of hunting. I think he's already got three deer down. I think he just posted another one today that he shot, um, in, out of his kayak, you know, getting into some public land, you know, think outside of the box. Like that's, that's the biggest thing is like a lot of guys are starting to do that. Um, there's a big YouTube channel called the hunting public. Um, I know those guys have been using kayaks and canoes for a couple of years now. And like, people are catching on to that. Like, Hey, it's deer hunting is a lot of work and doing it from a canoe or a kayak, like to get back into these access points is a lot of work as well. But if you want to shoot big deer, good deer, you're not seeing deer from the road access, but there's a way to access through water, do it. And I guarantee you like your success rate is going to change for sure. Well, I mean, you even see that when you go on like river trips, like, sure. you know, like it's uh, how many of us going yeah. down and you're looking over and there's just a deer and it's looking at you and yeah. you're looking at yeah. it and it's like, what's happening? And then and I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> well, that's the thing too, right? Like deer got a drink, like yeah. they need water too. So like water sources, especially like early season, um, you know, like I know Wisconsin, their bow season opens September 15th, Illinois, October 1st. And, you know, I was, I've been talking to Jimmy Skinner down in Alabama and I guess they open October 15th. Um, so he's getting back into, into bow hunting this year. And, uh, so he's been drilling me with some questions and, uh, we got a group chat between me, Jay and Brad, like hunting chat, you know, and he's been asking a ton of questions, sending screenshots of some public land. He's looking to hunt and, you know, asking us what we think are some good areas to go sit in there. And he's kind of giving us the lay of the land, you know, which is cool. Like you today, again, with technology, Google earth maps, Onyx is a great hunting app. I know there's a new one, Spartan forge, um, there's a couple other ones, but they use satellite images. Um, they'll show you public land, private property, you know, borders, um, things like that. Um, so, you know, you're, 
you know, within, you know, property rights, things like that. And, um, you know, early season, them deer got a drink, man, when it's super hot, which it has been. Tonight's probably been one of the coolest nights. That's why I went out tonight before we did this is because it rained and then the temperature dropped, um, you know, which will typically get deer up on their feet. Obviously not where I was sitting, but, (laughs) you know, like that's the thing. Like, um, you know, I encourage people to try it, man. And um, if you're already a hunter and you have a kayak and you've never utilized it for, you know, accessing, you know, some, some hunting spots, you know, maybe when you're deer hunting, you got a, a goofy wind where you'll blow deer out. But if you come in through the water and come in the backside or, you know, whatever side it may be, um, and it won't bump those deer, it's just going to increase your success rate. So, you know, it's just it's another tool, another tool in the shed. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that when we were talking about Ohio public lands yeah there's some there's some spots that i've always kind of been interested in hunting in my area that i learned from fishing um sure before i even got into kayak fishing i was walking everywhere and um there was some wildlife areas that you know that i knew were open to the public for hunting wise and stuff and i've seen some good deer out there i just always been it's like you like you said there's always that kind of stigma around uh, public access, you know, it's like duck and duck and run. <laughs> get, you know get what? It, get out. Like, but but I, I don't only... know. I think though the thing is, is that more people are trying to trophy hunt, so they're going to take every advantage they can to get on the public or private land. You know, yeah. Yep, so yep, yep, yep. it's like uh, maybe we can kind of maybe you know you start checking out the public spots and you realize they're not as busy as what you thought. I don't know. I'm not a hunter, well, but. And that's just it, right? Like when I'm hunting public, like if I roll up to a spot and there's somebody already back in there, I go to the next one, like mm-hmm. it or the next parking lot or the next area. And like, I'll make it work. Like, yeah, you know, or like I've had it too, where we show up in the morning and there's like three other parks, uh, three other trucks in the parking lot. You're like, hey, man, where are you going? I just I don't want to sit on top of you. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to blow your spot up. I'm sure you don't want to blow mine up. Like communicate with those guys yeah, or gals, whatever they may be. And, you know, like I've never had a bad experience. Like, you know, hunters are like fishermen, man. Like we're all buddies. You know what I mean? It's like everybody's cool with each other. You know, just communicate. You know, I have had it like in the past. Say, like did you say anglers are cool with each other. Most of the time, most of the time <laughs> it depends, but, uh, you know, I had a bad experience back in the day on public, like hiked back into this spot with my, uh, climbing tree stand and like, I'm up in this tree, dude. And this guy comes and like, sits like 20 yards from me. And like, you can't like stand up and go, Hey dude, I'm right here when you're deer hunting. So like I, I threw out a couple buck grunts at him. So like he knew where I was at. And like, he just proceeded to sit there. He looked right at me and I'm like, really dude, like, this is lame. Like, are you freaking kidding me? And at that time, like I had private land access where my folks used to live and I had permission on the neighbor's property as well. So like we had a good block of timber to hunt, but you know, 
I've just learned, like, if you ever have that situation, just move. Just get up and move. Like, don't sit there unless it's, like, the last, like, 30 minutes. Like, I had that this last year. I was sitting in a spot, and all of a sudden, some dude, like, just comes crashing through the woods. Like, didn't even shoot a deer. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? It's, like, the golden time of the night, and you're, like, cracking branches and, like, rummaging through the woods. I'm like, you're what the hell are you doing? Like, and I was like, whatever, I'm getting down now. Like this guy just blew this spot out. You know, it is what it is. It sucks. Yeah. But you know, at the end of the day, it is public land. It's everybody's land, just like the water. You know what I mean? It's, you know, just because you have a spot, you like to fish on the lake. Doesn't mean another guy can't fish it. Right. Um, But if you, you know, make conversations with that other angler, Hey man, like, I'm here, I'm in a tournament, you know, like I'm fishing for some money, mind packing off a little bit. As soon as I'm out of here, it's all yours. And nine times out of 10, that other person is going to be like, yeah, no problem, dude. And roll out. So, you know, that's a big thing is like, you know, try to get off the beaten path. Sometimes like spots get super overlooked that are close to the parking lot too. Like my big buck I shot last year, actually two deer I shot last year, we're in the exact same spot, 50 yards, 60 yards from the parking lot, because mm-hmm. on this particular piece, everybody thinks that they have to go way back in. And everybody looked over this whole spot that was all rubbed up by bucks. It was during the rut and shot two deer right there. And it was a nice short drag to the pick to the truck. And uh, it was great. But oh, yeah. You know, be cognizant of that, man. You know, rifle season in Wisconsin, that's the Wild West. That's when you (laughs) got to be careful. Like, seriously, I did that for the first time last year, and, like, I thought I was going to (laughs) die. But I made it through, and uh, I'll probably do it again this year. But, you know, you just conscious of what's going on around you and just, you know, watch out and, you know. Wear orange wear orange be safe be seen by other hunters like don't like hide you know away you know it is what it is like with a rifle you can reach out and touch somebody but with a bow you know like typically you're having those deer want those deer 30 yards or shorter depending on what you feel comfortable shooting at and um you know a little different same thing in the marsh man like you know We'll show up. There's other guys in the parking lot. Hey, which way are you guys heading? Like, we don't want to set up over the top of you, you know, because then, like, you're trying to call ducks, and this guy's calling ducks, and it's it's confusing to the ducks. It doesn't work, right. you know. So, you know, just communicate when you're hunting that public land. And I'm telling you, man, like, there's great deer shot on both public and private land every single year. Um, me personally, like, I'm a meat hunter, like, I'll shoot a doe. You know, I posted that one I shot the other day and uh, Dwayne Wally from Tourney X commented on the photo. He's like, I thought I was the only one that shot does. And I'm like, no way, dude. (laughs) Doe meat is so tender and delicious. Like I'm filling my freezer, bro. Like, you know, I feed my family with this stuff, but you know, don't get me wrong. Like I'm all about shooting big bucks too. Um, You know, I, will avoid shooting a small like little six pointer or spike or something like that 
you know, I like to see those deer get bigger. You know, I usually try to shoot a three-year-old or older, um, you know, nice eight to 10 point, you know, bucks, but you know, it's to each their own. Like I told Jay, like he hasn't shot a buck yet. And I'm like, dude, shoot the first buck that walks in front of you, whether it's a fork six pointer or a giant 10 pointer, like who cares, dude? Like the trophy is in the eye of the beholder. You know what I mean? Like I've experienced it. Like I've led a lot of small deer walk, like on the old private land and even on public land, Um, you know, and I've shot some really big deer and if you're new to hunting, I recommend you shoot as many deer as possible um, before a big buck walks in front of you. Cause you, it's called buck fever, man. Your adrenaline starts pumping. Like your brain doesn't function a hundred percent. Like it's a very unique experience and you could really botch that up if you don't have the experience of shooting deer. Like, yeah. I mean, your heart is beating in your throat and like, um, a lot of people call it target panic. Um, and they'll freak out and they'll butcher a shot and injure a deer. Um, so get practicing. And that's one thing too. Like as far as bow hunting goes, shoot your bow as much as possible. Um, always practice your craft. Same thing with rifle. Every year you should go shoot your gun, make sure you're sighted in. You're good to go. Uh, shotgun, like Jay and I go shoot trap and skeet occasionally um, to make sure, you know, we're swinging on birds, right? You know, um, that's a good way to practice for upland hunting, duck hunting, you know, all that good stuff. So just practice using, you know, whatever weapon you choose to use um, and, and just hone that craft and you owe it to the animal uh you know, to put it down in a very fast, humane way. So. Dude, appreciate all the information. Do you have one of your calls with you? You want to sign uh, us out with no. a call? Oh, I don't. Really? I don't. You, should, you should have told me, dude. I would have brought a duck call up here for my buck run. I think you were sitting on the toilet doing duck calls. So. No, I was driving in my truck. <laughs> no, I was driving kidding. in my truck. I always practice my duck calls because I'm not that great at duck calling. I just started toying around with it end of last season. So, like, when I'm driving around, I'll practice quacking. All right. You can well, do Brian, the old, the old, uh, the, the dough bleat. Just, yeah, <laughs> turn around, the turn around. Yeah, the grunt <laughs> is. Yeah. Well, dude, I appreciate you coming on and talking with us about this, man. Uh, yeah, man. Anything else you wanted to add? Yeah, I just, like I said, man, uh, anybody that's interested in it, get out there, do it. Find a mentor. Like, Feel free to reach out to me with any questions. I know Brad Hurlboss is the same way on Paddle and Finn. Um, you know, we love helping people out and, you know, love getting people involved in, in the hunting side of things the more you know it's kind of one of those things like technology got popular and you know these old traditions that man has been doing for thousands of years um it's starting to fade away and there's a lot of money that comes in to conservation both for 
for the woods and the water through hunters. So, mm -hmm. you know, um, it, just it's wait, a, just, we'll just wait till everybody starts smacking deers with their car, you know, yeah, right, car, right. and they're like, Oh yeah, well, well, we might need these guys. That, <laughs> you know, that's, like, that's a whole wormhole my too. Bushes, man. My like, bushes are all gone because the deer can't eat them all over. That me. that's a big wormhole too, and there's like a lot of a lot of conspiracy theories behind like CWD, which is chronic wasting disease and things like that. Like the deer populations were getting big because there wasn't as many people in the woods hunting, so like DNR programs were setting up sharpshooter programs where they would bait deer which is how CWD is spread through the transfer right. of saliva between deer. And they were sitting there with, you know, uh, sniper rifles, like picking deer off. And then they were feeding them to like the zoos or I've heard stories of them just like freaking burying them out in a field, like things like that. You know, it's like um, if you want some, some dude to be, sitting in a ground blind drinking bush lattes over a bait pile picking off your deer you know don't hunt but if yeah. you want to you know be able to feed your family and friends like i don't know man it's some of the cleanest purest meat out there you know same thing with elk and you know all kinds of stuff like wherever you are in the country like you know that's one of the things that really got me into hunting was you know, my mentor, Scott Purs, he got heavy into hunting and fishing because his wife got breast cancer and she's been in remission for years. But when she had it and she was going through chemo treatments and stuff like that, you know, one of the questions they had is like, what should she eat? What should she not eat? Things like that. And the doctor straight up told her, go eat as much wild game as possible because all your beef chickens you know pork that you get in the grocery store is injected full of hormones antibiotics things like that that affect that stuff you know wild game is some of the cleanest purest meat that you can get to this day because unless you're going straight to a you know organic beef farm which you're paying eight million dollars a pound for you know like go out and hunt man like like I yeah. said, I, I try to harvest two to three deer a year for my family. And we literally just ran out of ground venison and steaks and stuff, uh, this past weekend. Mm -hmm. And that's cause I was trying to make room for the freezer. Still got six pounds of some Italian sausage that I had made up last year, but, um, more to me, it's in bulk. It's not too <laughs> form, but, uh, but you know, that, fed my family and you know we've had barbecues and stuff like that um all year long all year long i mean granite will still eat beef and chicken and all pork it's not and all as that much stuff but yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i tried to buy i was gonna buy some bison the other day and i was like what how much that's for, that's for a... yeah that's one hunt i want to do up in uh south dakota mm -hmm. but it's not cheap it's like yeah. it's like four g's but that meat is a lot it's yeah. a lot of meat so and it's expensive but, but like, it's, it's so pricey it's, it's so good though dude it's good so good you. yeah yeah all right man well thanks again for uh jumping on the final cast 
for this week. And uh, if anybody has any questions, always feel free to reach out to Brian or Brad. They're, uh, yeah. Or even Jay, and I'm sure they'll be more happy too. I don't know about Jay, but I guess you can try that. I mean, just talk to him. Let's have something. <laughs> He's just Jay. Make him feel special. Make yeah. him feel special. Our residential field expert, Jay Randall. <laughs> but nice. Everybody, thanks again for listening, and uh, tune in next week, and we'll uh, talk to you later. See you. Later. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures located in Northern Illinois for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com.